basically ended up, so I was 100% face to face. And then when Corona happened, I did not want to keep uh, selling in the field because we sell final expense life insurance. And so our target market is seniors 55 and older. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was in the mindset, I was like, I'm not even like, I'm not going to go visit my grandparents right now. Like how could I conscionably go see like somebody else's face to face. Right. Um, and so I started making strides to figure how, figure out how to do all this over the phones and doing telesales. And that's what I've uh, been involved with ever since COVID happened. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. Actually what I'm wearing the hat from right now. Is that senior solutions insurance? I worked with sales last year. So that's cool. Repping. Look at that. You got, you got some merch in there for you. (laughs) What's up, old, yeah. old cubicle? Lincoln Bio. Lincoln Bio. <laughs> Lincoln Bio. I love that. That's dope, man. So what do you, out of all the things that like you, you said from that first summer that you got, what do you feel like was the, like the one that you're, the things that you're like still applying today? Oof. <laughs> Man, that's such a broad question, Andres. Sure. Let's, um, let's plug it. Let's do a, a quick plug while you think about that and uh, say, hey, anyone who wants to sponsor this podcast, we are streaming on Facebook <laughs> um, every Thursday <laughs> and Sunday. And then um, we're also on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the major podcast platforms. Um, and so if you'd like to plug a business, plug um, a festival or just make a donation, um, reach out to us through our Facebook or now Instagram page where we're putting up content um, again every Thursday and Sunday from our live episodes and in between. So, um, and if you would like to join us on this podcast and you're a Southwestern alum, just throw your name in the, in the ring and we'll, we'll see what we can put you in schedule wise. So, yeah. Share some memories. Yeah. yeah. Broad question. (laughs) Some of the technical details of what we learn in Southwestern as far as like buying atmosphere and, um, you know, the clothes, a lot of those don't really translate to the way that I conduct sales these days over the phone. Mm. Um, But one thing that is consistent is, you know, the fundamentals of, you know, having a, uh, a structured schedule and like focusing on the, uh, the things that you can control. Um, so like mm-hmm. I will, a lot of times, and I saw this in the field too, but like in the call center, like a lot of these guys are just focused on set on, on selling, like, like in the moment, like on this call with Betty, like I need to, if I don't make this sale, like I'm going to have a bad time. And, and, and a lot of times I find myself having to like sit these, these guys down and, and say like, like, look, dude, like you have to, you don't get paid by the day. Um, you don't even get paid by the week. You get paid by the month in this job. Like a consistent effort for a month is going to yield you positive results. But like when you're just focused on like that one phone call and like, if I, if I make a sale, I'm going to feel great. And if I don't, I'm not going to feel great. Well, that's like the, the, the fundamentals of what we teach at Southwestern is that like, dude, you, you gotta be steady, bro. Like you, you mm-hmm. can't, you can't let this, this roller coaster, like, I mean, you're, you're going to crash and burn and a lot of them do. Um, and so very grateful for Southwestern of just like hammering that mentality into us, 
of uh, you just like focusing on, you know, those controllable metrics and uh, giving us the faith that, well, I guess that would really come from our student managers, but like the faith that if we do these controllable metrics, it's going to yield positive results and, and being yeah. able to uh, being able to help these guys that have never sold books, but are in sales with me now, getting them to be able to see that is something that's really powerful. Damn. <laughs> just uh, having a, a long, long-term approach instead of just like moment by moment stressing out because you're able to see what's controllable and what's not. That's awesome. So uh, yeah, um, I'm not sure if you, you care to talk anything about like your explicit Southwestern experience or if there's anything that you feel like is a soapbox of yours um, that like you just f have all the passion for and could like do a 20 minute unplanned presentation about not to, <laughs> give, you a minute, not to give you 20 minutes right here, but like what are, what are some things that you um, have kind of made um, with your time out of an 80 hour work week schedule, right? That's the, the other thing about when we leave Southwestern, we get certain parts of our life that we haven't had back. <laughs> yeah. What, what, what are you up to? What do you, what do you, you mentioned you on the, on the, on the thing that you wanted to chat about, about some, something else besides Southwestern. Let's go there. I don't, didn't have anything, any pre-planned. Oh, I thought you had like a specific thing. Okay. <laughs> no, so, I just like, I, I was trying to put myself in the shoes of like somebody watching this podcast. It's like, well, I mean, hearing I about books for an hour is like, in my opinion, kind of boring, but sure. Uh, yeah. So. Well, so let's do this. I'm going to ask you this and then let's see what direction this goes and let's let it slide. This is my favorite part of the, of the podcast is when we just like, let it go wherever it goes. So, because you created the uncensored page, right? That was like a thing. So mm -hmm. where did that need mm -hmm. come from? And then not even like, did you intend for what happened with it to happen? Dude, was that like 2016 when that was going down? That, yeah. Well, I, I glorious six months of just like, we got to check Facebook right now. <laughs> tell us, all so about, tell us about that. <laughs> I created that page because I was upset. <laughs> I was, I was in, I was in Buffalo, New York at the time on a book buying bender. And I was, it was like 11 PM at night and I was playing poker and I was being active on the Southwestern alumni page. And I said something in, so there's these two alumni, Jim Potts and Joni Bickney's, I believe. Yeah. Um, don't have a problem with them, but they were just policing the shit out of that page. Like you couldn't say anything without them either just silently taking it down or like sliding in your inbox and like explaining that you need to behave. And again, like that's fine, but I was just like, that's oh, no, fuck that. Like there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff to talk about as alumni from this like fucking crazy internship program yes. that is just not able to be talked about 
on that page because it's being censored and so i'm like sitting here at the poker table and i just i was like you know what fuck this like i'm gonna make southwestern alumni i'm gonna make an uncensored group and you know i'm gonna say whatever i want and i didn't have any plans of like bringing the masses i was just it was almost just like me being petty like okay you want to like delete my comments on the on the page i'm gonna make another page and you can't delete my comments now and i guess people really liked it and they were like it was great I didn't realize it was as big. I didn't realize it was as big of an issue with everybody as it was for me. Cause like, I was the one that was like, I mean, there was a few of us that were like saying like some, some, you know, edgy stuff on there. But I, I guess people, when they like thought about the idea of like having a page that was free from, well, censorship that it, it was exciting because, you know, in, and I think a lot of that stems from in Southwestern, the culture is like, again, don't say anything unless it's super positive. Like if any drama is happening in the org, like nip that in the bud as the OL, like, like very hush hush. Like it, it's, it's run like very structured, like a, like a, I mean, it's like a military, you know, like, yeah. and, and I think when people, and again, I didn't realize this at the time when I was like making it, but I, I now I realize I think when people understood like, whoa, there's like now like a platform where we can just fucking do whatever we want. It's, it's almost like the kid, like leaving that, leaving the nest, you know, like at, first college at, party. 18. yeah, exactly. It was like the first <laughs> college party. It, yeah. It, it was like an extension of sizzle, right. We're like, we can talk about crazy book stories and like, nobody's going to judge us. And, and, and so that's kind of what it turned into. And it was like really fun for the first six months. You know, everybody was like, I mean, dude, if, if, if you guys are watching this and you haven't gone to the uncensored page and like, like gone down into the archives and like seen like some of the wow, stuff, like, some shit, <laughs> dude, like if you ever want to like waste 10 hours of your day, at um, least you have a layover or something, just dude, it's, <laughs> Put your phone in and have fun. Some drop, some bombs were dropped. Um, it's it's much less active these days, and and I think that's because we really haven't been um, intentional about uh, bringing in like new book kids that are not that are no yeah. longer selling. Like I, yeah. there's like a there's like a two to three year gap in which like nobody that is has sold within that time but isn't selling anymore like no but none of those people are on this page and so it's kind of died out so if you guys yeah. want to like figure out how to bring in the, like the new people would probably yeah. be a, a fun can, time for them we can plug them in i mean well and and at the in a when we first started that's where we started streaming to because we figured that those would be the people that would want to watch a conversation it like the idea of it was like let's just do the uncensored page but live i mean it's just and just bring people on who either want to love on or shit on and then just you know have a conversation about whatever and here we love are it. that's that's awesome man so because Nick, and you were around for this because it, it started off, I remember people were commenting on like positive things. It didn't really get heated until the first person kind of just shit. And it was it was like, what was your funniest pony stories? And there was like a bunch of comments. And then it was like, some people like, well, favorite ways to have fun. And then, right. And the favorite, uh, favorite event sales. Right. And then and it was like, was. have you ever fucked the first year on the book field? <laughs> and it just like all, <laughs> all hell breaks loose. Like, like it was yeah it was that it's and then it was like someone was like it was it started because somebody put something about dan moore and then another person talked about henry and then it went all sorts of different ways after that because people had very polarizing opinions on all of the things from there and then it was like i remember 
when it first started, I was with Ethan Callahan and he goes, have you seen the um, alumni uncensored page yet? And I was like, what? And he goes, bro. So I get in and I, the first thing I see, is like that comment like that argument that like just really first blew up about the darker sides of southwestern but then it became and it was around campus every man we were all like every time we got a break after an info or something we'd be like what was the one like it was we were checking it every day all the time it was pretty fun then then it died but damn it was crazy titillating all the all the things so uh, we'll, we'll see if we can get back to the magic, but I feel like everyone just kind of like puked on each other and moved on because they didn't have anything else to talk about. So, yeah. It, I think it got to a point where like some people crossed some lines across because like it's, it's, it, stopped, oh, it stopped. Absolutely. There was some stuff that was said yeah. that I was like, that, like I – there's been some stuff throughout the, the years that like I wanted to take down um, because I either disagree with it or uh, it, it to me, it's, you know, just not, I know how it would make that person feel that was on the recipient of like whatever yeah. was said about them. Yeah. But I, uh, I've decided I'm thinking, yeah, I haven't, I haven't taken down maybe there's like one post in the history of that page that I've taken down, but maybe not. Like I I've decided that like it to protect the integrity of what that group was meant to be. It needs to be a place that's free, free from that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good call. That's a good call on you. Um, Because I think a lot of people would have been upset based on like, based on what you just said. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I've had people throughout the years, like report posts and like, like send me DMS and like, say like, Hey, can you remove this and that? And uh, again, it's not like I, I, don't want to but you know and it's just there it's there for a reason you know if you want to go like if you want to go like have a nice time like go into the regular page of go into the regular alumni page but you know if you're gonna if you're gonna be in that that group then you know yeah you're 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 subjecting yourself to to criticism and and this and that yeah also like you're a grown-ass person when you when you you knew the nature of the things that were being said and when you posted something and you know, like, and, you know, that, that we understood that there was coming from a place of people being heated, people being upset. And so like, sometimes like, cause I got on there and I argued with some people and some stuff was said and I was like, damn, that was cold, you know, but at the same time, I'm like, this guy's just pissed off. And so you just kind of go, oh, who the fuck cares? Is some guy on the internet, you kind of just get over it too. You know, there's like a little bit of that too, but it's, it's, that, that was, it was a good call on your part to keep that stuff on there. And if you have not gone on that page, go to that page and scroll your ass damn dude it was wild it was wild so the shit that was said mm, fun times man yeah good call on you though where did the is that something that like is important to you as far as like uh like do you do, do you still check that often or like is that like like how often do you go back and like go through the page or add, think about adding stuff to it or when's the last time you like were on it well, Facebook really, as far as the Facebook algorithm goes, they really love groups. And so 
I get anytime somebody posts in that group, I get a notification. And I'm sure a lot of you guys do too, because that's yeah. just like, you're going to get notifications in your inbox about stuff that are uh, posted from groups that you're a part of uh, more so than from friends, like posting like on their newsfeed. Cause that, I can't, that's just like how the current state of uh, affairs are with Facebook. They really love pumping in notifications on your inbox. And so um, I don't really check it unless I get a notification. There's a, every, every now and then I'll, I'll discover that there's like something that I've missed, but it's just, it's so it, it's, it's, so unactive these days that it's just like not worth i mean like just like you guys were back in like i was on it like constantly back in the day like reading all this bullshit that was being said um but no these days i'm, I'm not super active unless i get a notification that somebody posted something like like uh aaron looking for a porno video that was probably the <laughs> the the last one that i that i checked oh man that's funny that's that's did you ever like the southwestern ever come at you or something like did they ever go hey would i like this page did you ever get to hear from any of them or anything i heard very uh very soon after that that page blew up i heard from a couple people that i need to tread lightly um but no i never never received a uh cease and desist from henry or gary pear um fortunately hmm. damn i'd be scared of that but uh yeah i mean i kind of i was i was a little nervous because it's like who hasn't southwestern tried to sue and so <laughs> i was like just waiting on that letter to come to my address but um it never did so oh shit <laughs> well we're we're hoping to stay in the good graces of uh no season no decision <laughs> Because uh, we, we feel like we're... Of what? We, of this podcast, we don't want to cease and desist. Uh, we, all, we also <laughs> don't bear um, in, in any sense of the word because we're, we're trying to just tell all the good, tell all the bad, and just and realize that none of us would be the same without it. So, yeah, um, I'm, I'm in the boat of not regretting my past and, and being thankful, even though it's been you know, riddled with all this ter like terrible exit, terrible this, terrible that, but ultimately mm -hmm. lessons learned, um, character built, skills developed, um, network. Like I don't, I, I talk to both of you two regularly, Andres before the podcast and doing this with you and Miles just this last year working with you. I wouldn't have known you if it weren't for this network. Um, so it's ultimately, mm -hmm what we're all grateful for so we're just uh, shining the light on it dude uh i i haven't talked about this with even andres explicitly would you be down for like a podcast episode guest list and that and like all the people on the guest list are people who have a podcast episode with me rent out an island and have adult sizzler of of our own um just, just kind of... that's a that's a big dream yeah <laughs> that's how i mean it sounds like one of those ideas it's like really fun to talk about and like we're like yeah let's do it never happens but yeah let's do it so <laughs> would you would you be willing to like buy a plane ticket or would you need to have it be all all costs we'd pay for it we'd pay for it yeah, like who would pay for it i guess that's true i guess that's i fair. mean just buy the plane ticket we'll get the the resort, resort. figured out yeah it'll be good yeah, let's let's get the resort to sponsor the uh, the alumni uncensored sizzler. Yeah, yeah that, buddy. That's it. That's it. That's it for yeah, real. man. I'd be down for I'd be down for an alumni adult sizzler. 
Um, it'd probably be like me, you, and Braxton. And that'd be about it. But fee, fee dough. <laughs> yes. Hopefully, fee would come. Oh yeah. That'd be, that'd be Have legit. you guys had Omar on yet? He's Thursday. Next. Thursday. No, I'm so excited for that. I love Omar. Dude, oh. Omar. I was gonna ask this. Like, are there people that like? Because for me, like Omar is one of those people. Nick talked about this too, but like it's 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 the people, right? The connections that you that you keep up with. Like, do you like how? What's that life? Have you have you uh, kept up well with the people that you, you you said you kind of like had lunch with the guy you recruited, two guys you recruited? But like, are there people that you looked up to like that that you still keep in touch with? Like Omar is one of those guys. He never was my manager, never followed him or anything, but I still keep in touch with the guy because he's just such a wise dude, you know. Yeah, they're actually like some of my some of my most positive connections and interactions have happened outside of Dynasty. And I mean a lot of great stuff has happened within Dynasty, but it's just it's so incredible the the Southwestern bubble that we uh get to experience, even like people that we were never never met while selling books. I mean, um, yeah, Omar, Fido, Lester, um mm. J.R. Sarmiento, Nick Warner. Um, I mean, just to name a few, like people that I've, I've had, uh, Shane Blick, I've, I've been very fortunate to have like amazing interactions with um, after the book field. And uh, we, yeah, like I was never involved with any of them like while selling books. And so, yeah, um, dude, I mean, anybody that's selling books that's watched this, like I don't need to explain, you know, you, we all know how, how incredible the Southwestern circle is. And, you know, you kind of, there's so many and you kind of find, you know, gravitate to this person and that person and you kind of find your tribe. And, and I, uh, I, I tend, I tend to, to gravitate towards people that um, are, have a healthy balance of like, I want to be successful, but I also like, want to know like like what the fuck is the meaning of life and like like you know like the (laughs) um that kind of the the people that are kind of like on that type of project trajectory um i tend to gravitate towards a little bit more than just like the let's hit the pavement and like kill the numbers and like you know get a lot of money and like all i mean that's cool i guess but i mean dude have you uh ever just sat and uh thought about life for a little bit so yeah (laughs) it's it's pretty baller it's just wild. I think about, here's the last that I thought, what do, you, what do you think of this? Here's the last that I had that I was like, this fucking blows my mind. Think of the b- most beautiful place you've ever been to. Both of you. What's the most beautiful place you've ever been to? I don't know. Mendocino, California. Okay. Same. Okay. For me. Uh, Wait, did you say same? No, I said Zion. Oh, you said oh. Zion? <laughs> yeah. Zion National Park, Utah. Okay, that's Utah, California. For me, it was the um, valley. It's called Valle de Cocora in Colombia. It's just, I can't, I don't know. It's amazing. Or, actually, just going to take that back. The Rainbow Mountains in Peru. Machu Picchu, for me, was incredible. Have you have you seen the Rainbow Mountains in Peru? I didn't get to go to that one. I, I skipped that one. That one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share this screen. Nick, give me some hosting abilities here because I want to share this. And well, the point I'm trying to make here is this. This was a thought I had. All of those places are on fucking planet earth, dude. And then there's, if you ask four other people, they're going to tell you four different places and it just blows your mind how amazing this planet is and how much I like traveling is 
underrated and like that's the thought i that like really blew my mind lately it's like if you really look at all the different places on earth that you should that you could go to it's insane it's insane that was my mind-blowing thought you feel free to share yours with now I'm inspired to dovetail off of what I was just saying a second ago before you, you shared that with us. And you're right. Yeah, there's some incredible places on Earth. Um, one thing that I'd, I'd like to open up uh, this can of worms is Southwestern is great for like, you know, teaching you how to be like a machine and perform and produce Um and one thing that I wish I would have had a little bit more, had a few more people to nudge me uh, kind of off that path, like when I, when I got out of books, um, because as I've grown as a person, I've, I've come to realize that, you know, that units are not our life, um, mm. you know, units yeah. as in, you know, money, you know, numbers, production, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And uh, dude, like. Lately, man, it, there's not a day that goes by lately that I don't just like stop and like wonder like, and I like, who the fuck are we? Like, why are we here? Like, what is this? Like, what am Oof. I doing? Um, and, 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 and those two can like, they can coexist really well. And, and I think like Shane Blick is, is an incredible example of like how those two can coexist really well because he's like a, a monster producer, performer, you know, you know, ha has an incredible team and, uh, you know, his, his broken records and all that. But at the same time, you know, if you've ever had the, the incredible opportunity of sitting down with Shane and just talking about life, um, you know, some of his insights and perspectives will blow your mind mm -hmm. about, you know, yeah. it's it, like there's so much more than just knocking on doors or, you know, getting a fat commission check from selling a life insurance policy. Yep. Um, and, you know, as I've, as I've gotten older and uh, left Southwestern and, and had experiences, I have really gravitated less towards the like production mindset and more towards like, dude, there's a lot of issues in the world that like we don't we're either not aware of or we hear about but we just don't care because it's not close to home and uh oh, man if you guys have never uh looked into an alumni rob greenfield you heard of rob greenfield greenfield oh, but we can find him reminds me rob talked about him or someone else has rob greenfield is uh an incredible human being he has uh, done a lot of social experiments that have kind of gotten viral on uh, on the internet. He he went like an entire month um, wearing these giant clear garbage bags on him, and any trash that he used, he put in those bags. And he like lived in New York City, like for like I think it was like a month, like just like wearing all of his garbage. I've yeah, I've uh, seen this guy do stuff. Okay, here you go. Yeah, he's such an incredible human, and and he really like he's devoted his life. Toward, I don't know how many summers he sold, but he's devoted his life now toward, to, 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 you know, a lot of uh, environmentalism, um, you know, teaching people how to grow sustainable food, how not to rely on, you know, the system, how to, uh, you know, make sure that um, indigenous people, people of colors, voices are heard. Um, mm. Just a, a lot of great stuff. Oh, yeah, there's the, the uh, his trash bag picture. Look at that. Go up a little bit. Oh, right there. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
Dang. Wow, dude. This is an alumni? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. We got to get Rob Greenfield on this thing. I would be honored. That would be incredible. I would love I would love to sit down and, and have a chat with Rob. I mean, yeah. Um, um, he, he's just he's a perfect wow. example of, you know, he, he's very successful, but he's he's committed to like not focusing on getting a lot of money. Um, I think it even says like on his, his blog, he's like committed to like have like a certain dollar amount or less net worth of like liquid cash um and yeah i mean i i could go on and on but pretty much anything that he does is is for the betterment of the planet and uh i i've become more and more interested in ideas that are going to be sustainable for the long term because we as a society have lived so long like you know 100 200 years and we've made a lot of great strides with um, you know, technology and, and like all of these things that have been great, but we've been a little lackluster on really looking at the long-term consequences of what we're doing to the planet. And uh, I, man, I'm all for ideas that are going to, you know, have the long-term in mind, uh, sustainable living, you know, uh, I mean, now I feel like I'm just getting off on a tangent, but just like e- 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 that, just overall, like that mindset of, of, of thinking for the future versus just like the now, um, is, is, is something that, that I think is, is not only like a good idea to be intentional about, but is almost necessary if we want to really like do good things as a, as a human, human was- race. Yeah, I was recently talking with Drew Williams, um, a, a nature filmographer, um, just an incredible human who does a lot of really great um, care for the earth. He, like, he was talking about how the the struggle that he sees in most people is they just don't think enough, and he was making this. Um, this point of how like northern cities as opposed to southern cities they think more in the northern cities versus the southern cities because of winter and how like there's a concept of time when winter is coming right you got to do stuff you got to be active you have to be you know ready to withstand months and months and months without being able to grow your own food um and so it's really interesting to think of just how day-to-day we have thought as a human race for so long. Like um, Sicily outside of Rome is in a temperate climate there in the middle of the Mediterranean. They don't even have a future tense in their language in Sicilian. Hmm. They just, they just talk. They don't really speak about tomorrow too much. Um, There's ways to like explain it in certain certain ways relating to like the double future or the double present. Um, there's a whole TED talk on it. I don't want to misquote things, but, um, yeah, the, what the, the human, the human experience as it's unfolded over time is really fascinating. Miles, on something that you said, like when you were talking about, um, right before you started talking about Rob and just like having these deep conversations with people, um, you just reminded me a lot of, uh, conversations I had with Steve Thiden quite a bit. I don't know if you've ever, if you've ever met Steve. Um, yeah yeah he's a great guy he's he's a lot like shane where it, where it's about talking about um you know the universe and life and the meaning of that stuff and 
some of the better conversations that I've had in my life were with people with of Southwestern who like had that same mentality of thinking ahead and thinking towards the future. And I feel like one of the things that Southwestern did really well and, and is a good part of its culture that I identified with a ton was the, the helping others feeling the, the volunteer, the, the, the donating things, the, the, the helping the, the people in Sizzler, right? Like all this, this, philanthropic mentality and a lot of book kids connect with that i feel like that that that, like nick is someone for example who like i've as long as i've known nick it's been caring about the planet and caring about climate change and and like i've always admired that about nick you know and i think that all of us have that mentality and and it's and it comes from this place of like it life is more than just money or units it's about you know experiences and ideas and you know sharing those kinds of things it's pretty dope so Mm -hmm. i i relate for sure man for sure yeah there's this concept of the storage of wealth and and i'm not shitting on this concept but like this is how we live today in in a society is like the storage of wealth like like I have gathered these things. I've gathered this money. I've gathered this property. I've, I've you know, gathered all of this stuff. I lock my doors, you know, like I, I have passwords to my bank account. And again, not saying like, just let free for all, but it's that idea that it, it distances ourselves from people. I mean, when you think about like these days in think about if you live in an apartment complex, don't know your neighbors maybe you do i mean like maybe one of them it's like hey hi hello how are you um you know head down look at my phone get in the elevator look at my phone get in line at chipotle look at my phone it's like this disconnect of and in in we we create these little bubbles for ourselves and um i forgot what i was where i was going with this but it's I, i had this incredible moment the other day Nick, your, your microphone's off. Yeah. You said something and it's just your mouth moving. I'm not sure what's going on, but, uh, Oh, I can hear you now. Okay. You're back. I was just saying, it's crazy. Keep talking. I got that too. Sorry. I got, I saw good pointing out that miles. So you were, you were, had a moment. Go on. I, I, yeah, I had this incredible moment the other day where I was, uh, in line getting some lunch somewhere and, um, like, there was three or four people in line and I immediately like went to go like grab my phone to like pass the time. And I like stopped myself. I'm like, why do I need to do that? Like, why do I need to like fill this gap of time with like instant gratification of like, you know, maybe like I can text somebody or maybe, you know what I mean? Like, and so I just like kind of stopped and like just took a deep breath and uh, just like noticed my surroundings and just became curious about, just anything and everything and just like let, let my mind like wander kind of. Um, I was, uh, I was listening to this podcast. Tim Ferriss had had a guest on, I don't remember his name, but he was, he's written a lot of uh, autobiographies on um, he's written autobiographies on uh, Newton, Einstein, Steve jobs. And he was talking about um, some characteristics that a lot of these people have in common. And, and he was saying that they just, they have the childlike curiosity and it, and it, it doesn't grow out of them. Like they're throughout their entire life. They have this childlike curiosity, which helped, you know, their creativity and spark like excellent ideas. And, um, he was saying 
he, he was just really admiring that about these people that he was writing these autobiographies on. Um, and it, it got me thinking a lot, like why, why do we like have this, this shift from when we're younger and, you know, like things excite us and, and we're not, you know, afraid to, to say this or say that, you know, just that innocent, like childlike curiosity, like how does that get beaten out of us? Like that creativity as, as we get older and, and, and um, I think one of the main things is uh, embarrassment and shame. Um, and I think somebody has a book on this too. Uh, God, like this, uh, Dan, Dan I know I'm going all over the place. Talks. Everything I learned about life, I learned in kindergarten. Yeah, Dan Moore has, it's, it's, his, it's his, like one of his keynotes is he talks about like when he would talks about that guy and, and like how he talked about, he would talk to him in the morning and then college kids, little kids in the morning, college kids and, notice the difference that when they were kids, they could do anything when they were older, they couldn't do any of the things. Right. I don't want to quote the whole thing, but that's, you're talking about that, right? I, I, I do remember Dan Moore talking about that. I was, I was thinking of, of the, the guy that wrote that book that Nick just said, the Ted talk. Um, but uh, anyway, yeah, I just like, I had that incredible moment. I just like got to stop and like, you know, be aware of my surroundings and, you know, wonder like, you know, why are, why does the ceiling look like that? You know, like humans, you know, decided to make it that way. And just, yeah. like, it's just random shit. Um, <laughs> but, but circling, circling back to uh, what, what I was saying originally is that the storage of wealth is, the storage of wealth in capitalism is, is a concept that I'm willing to, I'm not saying that I'm against it or for it, but I'm willing to like consider other ideas. And I think that's, that's a, a big factor in my optimism for uh, uh, voting for the president that we have now. Not that I agree with all of his ideas, but like the, the optimism that maybe like we could look at some other ideas. Um, one of my favorite quotes in the entire world is a quote by Henry David Thoreau that says, no idea Hold on. I want to quote it exactly. So I don't want to paraphrase it. <laughs> thorough, thorough man. Well, let's see here. I can try thorough, to pull it up. Thorough. I can pull it up here. By the way, thanks for telling us about Rob Greenfield. I need to, we need to look into this a little yeah. more and see if we can get Absolutely. him on. Absolutely. That'd be so fun. Sounds amazing. It is never too late to give up our prejudices. No way of thinking or doing however ancient can be trusted without proof. And I think that's so powerful because there are a lot of ways of being that we have adopted as normal as humans that we now look at and we realize that's not the best way of being, you know, take a look at, you know, the most extreme example is slavery, but I mean, take a look at things like, like the food pyramid, look how much that's changed over time. I mean, these, these things that we do, you know, single use plastic was very okay in 2005 that was not that long ago yeah. now we're like dude this fucking sucks like we gotta we, we cannot keep doing this you know what i mean right. and so um i i love having i love being intentional about having that mindset um even with things as in as big as like capitalism and, and, and stored wealth it's like a crazy thing to maybe reevaluate because that's like the very fibers of how we live as a society, but it's worth reevaluating. It's worth considering other options and, and being able to have a conversation with people that are going to sit and listen and give ideas and exchange ideas versus like, mm -hmm. oh, well, you should just 
no, capitalism is the way to go. Like, you know, because we, it works, you know, take a look at the last hundred years. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it, it reminds me of the story. Have you? Can I, I gotta take a leak real quick. Yeah, dude, go for <laughs> Sorry. it. I've been holding, I've been holding this for like 30 minutes. You're good to go. Oh, yeah, dude, go in the meantime. This is a good ad break. This is actually good. We should, this is where we should have ads, Nick. <laughs> Every pee break. Yeah. Yeah. Ad break. Don't, don't forget to uh, reach out to Andres or myself individually or more specifically, more helpfully, the Ponytails Facebook page or Instagram page about plugging an ad for your business. We know that uh, Eliav Cohen, shout out to that guy. He was one of our earlier podcast guests and he has this really awesome, um, it's like a, a robo chat that like helps organize all the information on your website that you have for your business and basically just deciphers through algorithms how to answer frequently asked questions through a really great um chat bot that you can have on yeah so there's there's really a go go listen to that episode go listen to that episode if you haven't while we're in this break um we're plugging a couple other episodes too that episode was fantastic to go listen to uh his his success is incredible like he's awesome so he's a stud he's a stud so um and also this would be a good time to uh do some introductions um as far as ourselves because we haven't done that for anybody new listening we are your hosts uh, i'm andres gamboa this is nick taverti we did not do that at the beginning and we should have done that that's miles ham and this is miles ham who sold for three summers uh from 2012 through 15 no 13 through 15 so anyway, yeah so miles i was telling you about this story because we were talking about like the idea of what well, and make sure i'm understanding you right you're talking about like how as you're looking at the things and the, the, the way the world is working, uh, the way our country is being ran in general, uh, it's not improving or progressing fast enough at the rate that we are changing as a society. And so therefore, like trying out new ideas might be better. But the pushback on that is, oh, well, this has always worked. It's always been done this way. So just let it go. Right. Am I, am I trending you? Am I reading you right? Am I yep. uh, sniffing yep. what you're scratching? Good. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> so that made me think of the story of the five monkeys in the cage have you heard that story okay mm-hmm. so the five monkeys in the cage so there's five monkeys in a cage um and they get put um in they, they put like a banana hanging down and a ladder to get up to the banana so it's like an experiment so these monkeys one of the monkeys goes oh shit i want a banana so he starts climbing up and the scientists just pour cold water on them on all the monkeys even the one that went up to go get it so then eventually a second monkey's like screw it i'll try it so the second monkey goes up and they spray him with cold water so every time one of them starts trying it they just spray him with cold water until none of the monkeys are trying to touch the banana gucci so far okay so then here's where it gets interesting you take out one of the monkeys and you put in a whole new monkey that has not experienced the cold water yet and so after a while the monkey goes and tries to get the banana but the rest of the monkeys start beating the shit out of it. So then he's like, all right, fuck, I guess I won't get the banana. Dang. But then they bring in a second new monkey. So now there's two new monkeys. But this newest one, the second newest one, sees a banana and goes, I want to go get the banana. And he goes and goes, gets it. And then the rest of the monkeys start beating the shit out of him, including the other new monkey. Okay. And then but he doesn't know do- why. 
He doesn't know why. And then he kept doing it. They kept doing it until there was an entirely new five monkeys that had never been touched with water and none of them were going for the banana. And the question is why? And the answer is because that's just the way it's always been done and they don't know why. Right. And so I feel like we are the new monkeys or like, the, you know what I'm saying? And we, some of us are trying to, whether it's at an, in, a, in a grand scale or in a smaller scale are trying to make a change or trying to make a difference. And there's this whole pushback on like, well, if it's always worked, you know, don't fix it. And it's coming from a lot of people who it's worked for them a lot of the times hmm. and not for the rest of us. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, that's, a, that's a great story, Andres. Nah. I've never heard that before. Faux show, baby. <laughs> great illustration. I'm just like, I, I'm like still like thinking about it in my mind. Um. <laughs> and there's so many like things to like plug into that, like, or, or like to that metaphor into the current world. Like, like, who are we? What monkey are you? Are you the first one? The first new one? Are you the first one that tried and got, you know, and like the mm-hmm. psychology of that, right? Yeah. Hmm. It's a great story. There's a there's a similar one about the loaf of bread. You've heard that one. What the? Sh- oh no! Uh-huh. Oh okay. <laughs> little girl, real quick. Real, little girl's baking, and uh, they have they're they're gonna bake this bread, and the the the, sh- the pan that they're gonna bake it in is like this big, but they're only baking it this big. And she's like, "Why? Why are we doing that this way, Mom?" And she goes, "I don't know. Ask your grandma." And so then the little girl goes and asks grandma, grandma, how come like you only use so much of the pan? And the grandma goes, I don't know. Ask your great grandma. She's like, okay. So then she goes and asks great grandma. So, hey, great grandma, why is, do we only use a little bit of the pan? She's like, I don't know. Ask your great, great, great grandma. So she goes all the way up there and she goes, hey, ask her the question. She goes, well, I don't know why the fuck they all do that. But for me, it was because that was the size of the pan that we had at the time. Hmm. That's so brilliant. Yeah, Same and it paint, it paints such a such a wonderful picture of that that Thoreau quote. It's like, yeah, we've got to do better. We 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 have to do better as as people. You know, people are so resistant to change. Um, we as humans, we don't like change, and becoming open to change is uh is something that can be beneficial to all of us i mean i know i'm not saying anything prophetic right now but like it's just it's the truth like being open Mm -hmm. being open to change being open to uh considering ideas that might conflict with the way that you know the world to be is, is such a powerful attribute to have as a human because that's how anything's ever gotten done you know, anything that's ever been a new invention has been invented by somebody that was curious and wanted to, to question why that thing wasn't there in the first place. And that's how we evolve as humans. Do you think that uh, only um, if, if people only thought that way, that we would be at a detriment because to take, and I I say this because I've also been in the category of, you know, renewable energy and like changing the way we use our fossil fuels and moving on from those. Like if we only thought in the new and different way um, as a society, um, 
we wouldn't consistency. Like that's, that's one big thing that we learn about in selling books is the importance of being consistent and there's entire institutions and um, industries and uh, fields of study that only exist because of consistent, steady focus on that one thing. So I don't know. Uh, specialized. I disagree. Go for it. Go go ahead. I disagree because, uh, well, I mean, I I agree with you to some to for a, I agree with you a little bit, but you're arguing. <laughs> There, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with continuing to do the same thing if it's working, but it's also important to continually, you know, evaluate, you know, what you're doing and, and taking a I look, like you know, when, when presented with new information, mm. see the issue here is that it's not, there's no issue with continuing to do something that is working for now. The issue is when somebody is presented with new information, them being too stubborn to look at that. And, and, and evaluate, maybe we could make a change here or make a change there. And a lot of it boils down to the ego. Our ego talks a lot and is resistant because we want to be right. The, the, the length to which we will go as a human being to be right is astounding. And I'm speaking yeah. for myself too. I find myself, you know, if I get into it with somebody, Sometimes I'll do whatever it takes to be right because it, we want our ego is so powerful and so strong. And, and one thing I've just, I've been so grateful to, to be a little bit more aware of these days is like when my ego is talking, um, it, it, it's like 24 seven is the thing. Like our ego is always mm -hmm. in one ear. And then in the, in, in the other ear is like a voice of reason, you know? Um, but that voice is, is very, very quiet in, at least in me. And uh, I would venture to say in a lot of people um, and the, the ego can, can really hinder our ability to, to look at ideas that may potentially be a good idea, but it's going to reflect that maybe we don't know as much as we think we know. And that hurts us. That hurts our egos. Yeah. Well yes. said, sir. Yes. Um, the, the, the thing I, the, the key, I think to success, I'm, I, I'm just very humbly trying to say this because I wouldn't, in my stand, by my standards, I'm not successful yet. You know, I'm working towards that. But for me, I think what I noticed across the board of people who I look up to is the ability to adapt to change. And I think that's what makes people like best at selling books, honestly. And I think this can even be what you're talking about, Miles, can even be applied to like Southwestern, how like, like it, it, it took until like 2016 really to have a website that actually was good. And it's like, how is that possible? It's 2016 and you're this big company, education company, like you're behind and they, and it's slow I have a few ideas change. how that's possible, but yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So well, we can get into that later in a bit, but, but, but but that's the same idea i mean southwestern is a company that like because it's we're 160 years old like changing that is hard because it's been there but the ability to adapt to change the only thing that is constant in life is change which is a weird way of saying that but that's true and the people that can handle it the best are like are are, are better for it i mean the, the people that cannot handle change that the trick to life is learning how to handle it 
changing mm-hmm. all of the fucking time, every day all of the time yeah and when you were talking about like as far as ego goes i mean a person a person who has a healthy ego understands that like that is going to happen that you can't like you can't continue to be at the top but sometimes you're going to be down sometimes it's going to come back up and it's just going to just cycle through and you just got to learn to deal with the shit that's going on right mm-hmm. and that that to me is like what would what, what nick with what you were saying there there are some things that it's like hey if it's working if it's not broken don't fix it type of mentality which is fair but then then the question becomes is how do we know if it's broken like what metrics are we using this is using accurate metrics talking talking a lot about within um the last few stops of mine um in, in terms of like when i was working at senior solutions insurance um i was trying to basically take certain principles that I learned from selling books and took stuff right out of selling 101 and other things about schedule and put it in the training and, you know, a buying line and put in the training, tracking your stats and just all the stuff that um, is tradition, not based on practice, explicit practice, but rather tradition based on principle. Um, and you don't get to those every single time. Obviously, there are um, the people who are slow to realizing the principles within a, a practice, because um, any tradition is a practice. But if it's a tradition without thought, like the the monkey not climbing up and getting the banana thing, um, mm-hmm. like it's okay to test and prove these things and have principles that unfold as a result. Um, so, I mean, that's. That's all I got to say about that. Traditions based on principles instead of practice are, are the way to go. The issue that I think hits the most with the monkey banana analogy or metaphor is that like the earth is the banana, right? As in like, it has a shelf life. As in like, there's only a certain amount of time before someone tries to go reach for it and make it better or you know take advantage of what's here before it's like too late. And then it's like, because we didn't want to change, that opportunity is gone. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So yeah, hundred percent to, to me, the scariest factor going forward, as far as coming from like a climate change standpoint is just the idea that there is a point where our, we force our hand and we have to then adapt to the, cho- the consequences that we brought upon ourselves. So like we will survive, I think as a species, once shit hits the fan, if it does, but it will maybe, not be, but it won't be in like the way we think. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, the, the people that are smart enough to survive and capable of surviving, it, they'll find a way, but the majority of us will be. Gone. Maybe. Tell maybe, me about that. Maybe Tell not. Me about that. Interstellar. Have you had, consider this. Have you heard of the Fermi paradox? No, but I am. I'm so excited. Yes. Tell me. I've heard the, the, name, the but... Fermi paradox. I'm. Pr- it might be a different pair. I'm pretty sure it's the Fermi paradox is uh the idea that it's it's the um it's a solution to the reason why we have not encountered extraterrestrial life not that extraterrestrial life does not exist but it is because extraterrestrial life kills itself off before being able to have the capability of encountering other extraterrestrial life Oh, I believe it. I believe that's the Fermi paradox. I, let me make sure I'm not. Oh, yeah. Four things. Um, number one, aliens never came to Earth because of a physical difficulty. 
uh, the, you know, space travel is pretty much infeasible uh, related to astronomy, biology, or just straight up engineering. Um, that's one of the reasons why we haven't been visited. Another reason is if they even had the p possibility, they didn't choose to come here. They just skipped over us for whatever reasons. And then uh, number three, advanced civilizations arose too recently for aliens to evolve to the point of reaching us. Um, and then aliens have visited Earth in the past, but they've been secret and we haven't observed them. So I don't know, there's, there's Area 51 and all this stuff that's, man, it's, there's aliens out there, apparently. Uh, no, hang on, so Miles, that's, first of all, Nick, that is trippy as shit. I have not thought of this before, this is awesome. But you're saying, Miles, and that we are, the Fermi paradox within, or if this is the idea, is that we are going to kill ourselves off before we even have the idea or technology available to be able to like leave the planet. So interstellar could not happen, mm -hmm. is the idea. Yeah, yeah. It's just the idea that that civilizations just they they die off before being able to 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 encounter each other. But I feel like there are ways that we can find to survive here if the conditions of the planet become unsustainable. I feel like we. Could, we oh, absolutely, absolutely. So it's not it's not the idea that like it's impossible. It's just the idea. It's 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 a solution to why we have not encountered them yet. And not saying that that's it's impossible for us to uh, move on as a species. Uh, but it's just it it the deck is not stacked in our favor because, I mean, look at history, dude. We're fucked up. Like yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. Yeah, we're kind of shitty humans. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think, I guess my, my question then would be is if, if we were to find, I mean, I feel like our species, if it survives long enough, would be able to find ways of interstellar travel, interstellar travel um, within a reasonable amount of time. I think it's possible. I think we have the minds and we will have the mind to be able to accomplish the ability to like, travel long distances. The real struggle is how do you choose and arrive at those people and do they survive the departure and is there going to be wars on resources in the meantime? There's there's layers to this. Um, what I always say to this conversation of leaving planet Earth is before we even head down that thought process, like uh, Elon Musk, um, great for him, you know, he's figuring some cool stuff about interstellar travel, going to Mars and all that, but we really need to focus on the problems of Earth because I will say this, um, there's something to be considered regarding the dialectic nature of the shittiness of humans. While we are indeed kind of like short-circuiting our, our um, resources and our ability to kind of work within these biosphere-related like boundaries in terms of what the Earth can take and what waste we produce and all that, um, while we're shitty, we also have a lot of good things going for us. It's a, you know, there's a both and here. And so I think that there are certain ways that we can, as a global society, figure certain things out. Um, obviously, we're a little too divided at the, the moment um, for us to play team and actually work on solving our, our resource and um, humanitarian issues together, but, you know. It's not, it's not something, it's not for reason to not try.
is is what I'm. Except for a lack of, of trying, is what you're saying. Well, there there is there is a, a lack of enough trying. Um, what I'm trying to say is we should call each other to actually try. Fair. But One for I four, think that, man. I think that would only happen until. Well, there's a lot of things that need to happen. One, um, and this is kind of tough to talk about, but faith does get like religion gets a, a lot in the way of that. Um, in my opinion, in society, like we're it's we're behind technologically because of some aspects of some religions, right? And then also, um, like it, the other way it'll happen is we like we're forced to like we have to. It get, well, it'll get to a point where like the wars that we're fighting amongst each other and stuff will go to the maybe the back burner or gone just because it's like oh shit like we're gonna die like you know so it, once we get to that point we will have no choice but to work together like it'll or we will all die and out of instinct we'll just work together so eventually we'll come I don't to think it. it'll be as smooth as you think it's gonna be oh it's gonna be awful it's gonna be have you ever have you ever put a group of people in like a high pressure environment such as like an escape room or something like that or, or like in where an, you're or, actually or... forced to when you're forced to work even if you're forced to work together i mean dude it's bad i mean I, we all had group group uh, assignments in college right like it was like jesus dude come on help right so yeah i agree well, what's going to happen is the people that are going to survive are the people that are going to be essential right to help us survive and so then people like me i'm dead i ain't got nothing to support to this but like if i'm like the guy that's developing how to create more crops on lesser sun that guy's gonna make it They're like we're gonna need you sir to we need to incentivize that openly as a society we don't incentivize things that aren't currently or like quickly producing money so um that's why we have a lot of the issues that we have in terms of cleanup that needs to get done in terms of like changing energy infrastructure in terms of you name it right there's entire colleges dedicated to this kind of stuff so yeah andres when you invited me on the podcast here you mentioned that we were going to argue and we have not been arguing whatsoever i think i'm a little i'm a little disappointed i told nick i told nick this by argue i mean more like this kind of conversation where it's like an open discussion of like because we we the majority of our episodes so far have been very very southwestern oriented which has been great and maybe we can still get back in some sort of way to that like or whatever you know as like the conversation flows no we've done enough that's fine i still wanted to hear Um, some pony stories but 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 what but, no let's disagree on something what like come okay. on like let's let's, fi- let's fi- I'm, I'm down dude. I'm let's down. figure Here, something here's the thing. out just pick a topic and i'll just take the devil's advocate route just just to just to fucking argue no no i'll no, lose no, it i'll no. lose it i don't it. want this to be i don't want this to be like an exercise no like i just i'm very <laughs> curious like I, I was, I was, uh, you were like, dude, we're going to argue. So like, I, I had no, so. me, me and you haven't really sat down and like ever like gotten in to like deep topics before. I mean, we've, you know, been cordial and, you know, but so I, I really wasn't even sure what you meant by that, but I was, uh, definitely excited by the idea of, you know, like, cause I, I love it. And maybe we could do like another episode where we could bring some people on that like I would certainly have some disagree with agreements with because I'm hoping to <laughs> because that 
I love that shit, man. And, same. And like, same. <laughs> it's so healthy for that to happen. It really yeah. is. Yeah. People who avoid confrontation. Okay, we'll find something to disagree on real quick. But I agree with you on that, that it's like confrontation is so important for just as long as you're coming at it in a healthy way of like, not I'm right, but like, why do we disagree? That's different, right? And, and coming at it yeah. with that angle, you can literally sit down and learn a lot about someone, um, you know, whatever it is in general. Um, the reason I said argue is because more, I just, I just have, or I picture you to be more like, uh, okay with disagreeing with someone and very okay with confrontation. So what I was hoping would happen is like, one of us, Nick, you, me would say something and we go, mm, I don't agree with that. And then go, well, he, he, he just good. argued with me a little bit. So. Yeah. But most people has just been more conversation as like, this is where we're going. So yeah, I'm down, bro. Like, did you vote for someone I didn't vote for? Do you, are you, what do you want to get? I had no idea. Like I said, me and you, <laughs> me and you haven't really like sat down and like gotten into yeah. anything deep ever before. Um, so like, I didn't know where you were going with that. So no, I was like, I was, I was just hoping I had a healthy would... curiosity. Yeah, I was hoping that you would disagree with something that we said. Like, is what I'm, and and you seem like the type of person that's like, oh yeah, we can argue about this. Let's go. Like, you wouldn't have a problem with like, oh, it's live, it's gonna be public. Um, I have to like give a pin. You know what I'm saying? Some people are a little bit more um, reserved, which comfortably so. And and our guests have been that way sometimes, and I like that because it's it's a different pace of a, of, a, of an interview and it gives good variety of each episode. But sometimes I do want one of those episodes, like the episode that I had with Josh Martinez and, 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 and Steve, it was, that's what I was, I, I, we didn't argue, but it was definitely like, no, no, yes, yes, no. Okay. Now you go. And we kind of had like different like ideas, but it was a healthy discussion. That's what I was hoping for here. And it's so far it's you, it's been great. I can think of three people off the top of my head immediately that I have had disagreements with on social media that have sold books that we could, uh, we could have on, on the show. Let's hear them. And we, we can talk, we can talk about, no, we can talk about about those people later, but um, (laughs) I I don't, I don't, I don't, I, well, okay. The the reason, the reason why I'm, I'm, I'm being like this right now is because I'll talk about people all day long and like pump them up and, and, you know, say positive things about people if they're not here, like that's not a problem, but like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to bring in like conflict. I mean, for lack of a better term, I'm not going to gossip about people um, unless they're here so that they can like have a say in the matter. Okay. Well, let me just say this. Something I, I think I have a healthy disagreement on you with one is the kind of life insurance that you sell, which (laughs) except for the only thing I'm going to say is that the people that you sell it to Let's would go. be the, with the hold on the people that you sell it to would be the only people that I think <clears throat> would be a good idea to sell what you sell. So it's like Andres I, and I we had this argument on the third episode with Shane Hertig <laughs> about this exact topic. So if you want to let's one. not even let's not even take a look at what I sell specifically. Let's just talk about life insurance in general and what okay. you may disagree with. Okay. In my opinion, in life insurance, and this is an opinion, I mean, it, it, unless you're like super old, like the people that you're selling to, like there's no way that whole life insurance is going to be better than term life insurance. Like generally speaking, like any, like, you know, any way you slice it, it's always going to be better to get term and then invest the difference in price. That's what I think. All right, Dave Ramsey, fucking boomer <laughs> over here. Okay. <laughs> Um, I, I would tend to yes. agree with you actually. See? Um, <laughs> like, yeah, there, there are some, 
<clears throat> there are some type of whole life policies, and this is getting out of my wheelhouse because I specialize in vinyl expense, but there are some whole life policies that can be uh, written as an investment, um, like some, some high cash value, high funded whole life policies. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of, there's like, I mean, when we're talking about like IULs, GULs, mm -hmm. like yeah. that is so far out of my wheelhouse for the most part. Yeah. I agree. I agree with you. Like if somebody is not needing, I don't, there's no point to even, I'm basically just going to repeat what you said. Yeah. Term is yeah. going to be a, a great thing for somebody that has well, dependents yeah. that needs a temporary amount of insurance for a period of time. Um, Unless you're, unless you're a senior and you don't have enough money to take care of your funeral costs and your final expenses, then, then yeah, there's no way that term is going to make sense. You have to get a whole life policy. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. Damn it. And then the, on, yeah, I know, and hold on. I got another one that, that you said that I'm like, I don't know if I disagree with that uh, yet, or, or if I agree with that yet. Um, but you call me a boomer. <laughs> I take privacy boomer. Fair enough. Um <laughs> Um, I know it made me laugh. I was good. Um, uh, that when you said that capitalism hasn't been necessarily working all the way yet, I don't think we're ready for something new quite yet, but it's not looking good for capitalism, but I still believe in it right now. And that's something when you said that, I'm like, mm, I'm not sure if we're ready responsibly. Can we play enough. the exercise of if, if it's like on its way out, then what should the new thing even look like? I don't think it has to be. Well, a new I never thing. said I that capitalism was was bad. Just oh. for the record, like I, no, yes, I said you're right. that you're right. I I am willing to entertain the idea of an alternative to capitalism. I'm willing to entertain the idea of socialism, of communism, and and like there's a lot of pros and cons to those things. Mm -hmm. And there's we can take a look at history and see and see when those things have been implemented. Um, and I'm not saying that those two should replace capitalism. What I'm saying is I'm open to the idea of, of something potentially replacing capitalism. If we can, if we can, and maybe it's something completely new that we've never even, that has never been tried before in history. Um, I don't know what, what I, so what I was saying is that um, I, I'm open to the idea of a change though, uh, rather mm -hmm than just like blindly saying capitalism is the way behind capitalism like in theory capitalism like is good but there's a lot of greed behind capitalism yeah there's a lot of greed behind well everything really um in in something here in life insurance and, and it's like this in a lot of other industries is that like let's take let's take book buying for instance book buying and life insurance are very similar in the sense that information is readily withheld from new people coming into the industry because the people at the top do not want you to know how it works because that's not in their best interest. That's not in their best interest of their pocketbook. And I'm not like calling anybody out in either one of these industries. It's just, it is what it is. Like as a new eight, there are tons of, I'll get more specific about life insurance because I've got a bigger bone to pick with that than books. But there are tons of companies in life insurance like American Income Life, uh, Lincoln Heritage, um, World Financial Group, Primerica, these, <laughs> these opportunities for somebody to sell life insurance, Family Heritage, fuck it, I'll say it, where they oh, are shit. just fucked on commission. Like these agents are straight up fucked on their commission 
And there are some pros to joining organizations like this where you'll be captive and uh, you will have a lower commission. There are some advantages, but the advantages far outweigh um, the, the cons because as an independent agent, the contracts, well, let's just take a look at, let's compare apples to apples. Somebody that wants to go sell with family heritage that is coming from books, they're going to start them off on like a, I don't know the exact numbers, but I know it's like between 30 and 60% commission, which means that if you write a policy that the annual premium, the total annual premium uh, calculates to a thousand dollars a year, if they're at a, 30% commission, they're going to make 300 bucks on that sale in the first year. Mm-hmm. As an independent agent, street level contracts start at between 100 and 120% commission, which means that in that same policy that was written for $1,000 in annual premium at the, at the bottom side of it, at the 100% contract, they're going to make $1,000 as an independent agent to that $300 that that captive agent made. Right. Mm-hmm. I forgot where I was going with all of this. <laughs> argue, argue. Well, the the I would say so as a because I I work with Primerica, and so I understand what you mean by that one hundred percent. So, but I don't disagree. So that's where you got to buy term invest the difference. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. But okay. what I would I don't and, and again this is not necessarily something I disagree with you on, provided that like you are what you're getting into the industry for. I think I think that's where I would disagree. Um, if you're getting into the industry of life insurance to just sell life insurance and then make money from selling life insurance, then yeah, I would not recommend going into Primerica or Family Heritage or because what happens is all of those companies are not like interested in necessarily uh, selling more premium per agent. They're interested in recruiting more agents to sell more premium. Does that make sense? So like, for example, there is not a single reason on God's green earth that anybody should be involved with Primerica. (laughs) Why do you say that? What is get name one reason why somebody should be involved with Primerica? If you want to go into a business that is for investments and creating wealth and helping people with investments, that's what you should get into Primerica for. Primerica is there's not, much better opportunities though. Um, I don't think so. I mean, I'm not let's say much better. There's probably other opportunities, but it, from a general Dude, standpoint, like as far as opportunities go, Primerica is like the the shit that's at the bottom of the barrel of opportunities for somebody that's wanting to get in to selling life insurance. It doesn't matter if you want to yeah, get into it exactly. to sell term or as an yeah. investment. You as the agent are getting fucked on commission from Primerica. And you're being in incentivized to recruit from the yeah, very get go when you don't even know how to sell a life insurance policy. Correct. And on top of that, number three, you're fucking the client because there is so many better policies with so many different companies that you could sell to that client, but you're going to sell them a shitty Primerica policy that's overpriced. They don't understand how it's going to perform because you don't know how to sell the, not you, but in general, Mm -hmm. the the agent doesn't know how to educate the client on how that policy is going to perform. And so they don't understand how it's going to change over time. And then they're going to be 73 years old, talking to a final expense agent, such as myself, crying because they didn't realize that they have to pay $500 a month for their $50,000 policy. That's about to jump up to a thousand dollars a month on their next birthday. 
And they were counting on this the whole time to take care of their funeral costs and final expenses because their family's dirt poor and they can't afford to get buried any other way than a life insurance policy. All three of those reasons are like crystal clear signs that nobody in their right mind should be selling Primerica or involved with Primerica because any reason that they would have to be involved with Primerica, whatever that reason is, there is a much better opportunity out there for them. So wow. yeah, we this is we found something we can disagree. With. <laughs> I'm glad this is good. This is good. That's that's uh, fair from a standpoint of like go back to what I said at the beginning. If you're in, the, if you want to get into the life insurance industry to just sell life insurance and make money from selling life insurance, do not go into Primerica. 100% agree. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> the reason you would go into Primerica is one ownership and two overrides, which is recruiting. Right, Primerica, like Southwestern, like Family Heritage, is a company that is distributing financial products, and so therefore their interest is in growing number of agents, not policies sold necessarily first. Like, right? So let's focus on one of them first. Let's focus. Let's break it down and let's focus on one of them. So, sure. Well, we'll get to the ownership second because that's really like the, the I would say the biggest incentive Primerica has in general. We'll so we'll get to that in just a second. But let's talk about from the standpoint of like. Uh, if overrides. you're overrides, exactly. You so talking about this, I'm going to go get myself a beverage. So cool. <laughs> um, the, the thing, I, by the way, how much time do you have? Cause we could go on this for a while. <laughs> oh, I've got all the time in the world to talk about primary. Okay. I have about, I have till about, probably I have like another hour and a half, two hours. So we can, we can go. It's no big deal. Um, so what I would say is Companies like, let's, if you look at Southwestern and Family Heritage and Primerica, I would put them in the same realm from the standpoint of the incentive for sure is in recruiting. Like people who want, again, people who want to just sell life insurance should not go into Primerica. It is not good financially for that at all because it's you're incentivized to recruit. If you're a person that's really good at recruiting and that's what you do and you want to make money from like having an organization that you built like Southwestern, like a DSL in Southwestern, then that's why you would get into Primerica 100% because a um, you, they only sell term. I, um, I would also disagree. I mean, the, the term life insurance policies of Primerica sells aren't terrible. I will say that the people that are in Primerica currently, currently in Primerica that only sell um, life insurance from a standpoint of like, that's their only ways of income. Um, they're not going to be making a ton of money. Um, that's, that's pretty fair. What I would say though, is, once you are fully licensed in Primerica and you can do just a simple mutual fund for a middle income family, um, buy term, invest a different type of idea like that Dave Ramsey mentality, it's perfectly fine uh, for making money. I mean, that's there's several people, lots of people in Primerica that, could, that make pretty good money, $150,000, $200,000 from that idea, investing people, investing people's money um, that way, right? And the biggest thing that they champion is the term life insurance policy, right? So you're competing against people like Northwestern Mutual, um, Farm Bureau, um, any, yeah, any, any, any whole life insurance company like that, that's just talking to a 25 year old client, selling them a policy for twelve, $1,500 a month that is going to end up lapsing anyway, because it's going to eat itself because it's a whole life policy. Does that make sense? So that's who they're talking to. And so from a client standpoint, yeah, that's a, that's a great way. I mean, I had I myself have had so many clients that we bought term invested the difference and they were better off for it every time, every time. Right. So 
that it's not it's not maybe the right policy or the right company for every person and that's we are very aware of that we agree on sometimes it's good to sell someone a term policy and then have them invest the difference of what they would be paying with yeah. a whole life policy we agree right. on that and that's but the only class disagree, I have. where we disagree is that the rates that you can get them are astronomically better elsewhere than primerica for a term life policy yes i mean I, I I rarely run into people that we don't compete with from a rate standpoint that already have term. We we can we can we can run numbers till we're blue in the face, but I I assure you, the rates with Primerica that, are terrible. Sure, that's I mean you that's that's fine. I'm just coming from a standpoint of like from personal experience. Anytime I run into someone who already had a term policy that I went like sit down with, and I mean I won't name names, but there's clients that I have who. I mean, we were like, some of them, we were like 10 bucks more a month and some of them we were cheaper by a little bit, but they were term to term American family life insurance or people who already had like state farm term policies for sure. Like that's I'm not saying that Primerica is the, the most expensive, but they are more expensive than many, many companies. But yeah. I want to circle back to, yeah, that's, I want to circle that's back to what you were saying originally was the overrides. I sure. mean, oh, okay. that's, so, sure. that's an entire conversation to have without even taking a look at the product because now we're talking about now we're talking about agents that are trusting you and if you could offer an agent again this let, let's let's assume that you make the same override in both of these examples let's say that sure. you're gonna make 25 percent off of this agent's business sure. well if you could hire agent a and give them a hundred percent contract so that they'll make a hundred percent on their business. You'll make 25% on their business. And then you had the option uh, option to hire agent B or I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sounding like an idiot. Okay. Let, let's say you've got an agent and you could hire them at hundred percent and make 25% or you could hire them at 50% and make 25%. Which would you choose? You can hire. Okay. Now you confuse me because again, so let me recap one. You can hire them at, Mm, say that again. You, you, you as the upline are going to make 25% off of this agent's business regardless. I hire Nick. But you have okay. the option to get, you have the option to give them a hundred percent contract or a 50% contract. It's not going to affect your commission. What do you, what contract are you going to give them? Well, commission. hundred. If, if they can make hundred percent of the commission, you give them hundred percent of the commission. Obviously. What do you, I don't know where you're going. Yeah. Cause you want to do what's best. For this person that's putting your trust in you, that's getting licensed, that's excited at this new opportunity to sell insurance, you want to give them the best possible opportunity. With Primerica, you're you are getting you are getting fucked on commission, and therefore you're having to fuck your agent on commission. Well, like I don't I don't understand exactly how so because like what, what what first of all in that analogy, I mean. If you were the person that's getting 25% override on the person below you, um, then there are there are such things like there are people who make 110% commission at Primerica and then their upline is overriding them by that 25%. So we do have that case. I don't I don't know where that why we wouldn't, you know what I mean? Like there, like there's people in my office that are making 110, 120%. What do they have to do to get that? How, how much, how much, how much commission are you are you making? What's Myself? your commission? My, my commission is 60%. Yeah. 60%. Mm -hmm. But that's just on the life insurance side. Now, if you hire somebody to Primerica, mm -hmm. what, what percentage are they getting hired at? 
starting out 25, but then they jumped to 50 pretty quick. Holy fucking mother of God, Andres. Yeah. 25% commission. Yeah, but that's just on life insurance. That's, a, that's what I'm saying. The, the, the incentive, if you're just going to get into Primerica to sell life insurance, do not come to Primerica. The, the, the people that are coming in at that way, they all jump to 110. We're all working towards the 110 by recruiting. It's all it, Primerica is completely incentivized by recruiting. That's why like the payment structure from a standpoint, if you're just looking at it, just of insurance commission. Yeah. It's obviously getting shit, but the commission that you make up for everything else is much better. Do you think Does it's a good sense? idea to, do you think it's a good idea to incentivize somebody who just got licensed, who doesn't know how to even explain what a universal life policy does to a client? Do you think it's a good idea to incentivize them to hire people? To recruit other people? I mean, it's the same thing as like when you take a first year and have them go recruit their friends, right? When you when you team prospect, you're helping them build the team. You're helping them recruit. Yeah, it's fine helping them to recruit. But your first year. We're not talking about a summer internship, though. We're talking about a career right. in but life. But the thing insurance. is, but the thing is, the people that are training them, anybody that's new is not going to be able to go on their own and just hire and train their new people. Uh, just good luck. No, like anybody that gets hired is going to get trained by someone who's been in the field, fully licensed and been, it's been doing it for a while. So it's not like we're just having people come in and like, good luck. Does that, is that what you're trying to get at? I'm, I'm kind of confused as the point you're trying to make here. Like if I'm new and the guy that hired me is new, I'm not going to get trained by that guy. I'm going to get trained by the experience. Dude. So as far as I'm concerned, I'm still learning from the, the experience. The point, the point that I'm trying to make is that Primerica is so focused on recruiting and less focused on training you to actually be a life insurance professional and know what the hell you're talking about. I mean, these, who? I want to, I want to circle back to like these two things though, the commission percentage yeah. and the price of your policy. It, it's, it's outrageous that you're hiring, you're hiring this kid at a 25% commission when he can go talk to any, not any, almost any other organization and get hired at at least a hundred percent contract. And that's on the low side. He can but, come in starting getting incredible training on you, how to actually be successful at a hundred percent contract. And you're going to hire this kid at a 25%. I want to know where you're getting the hundred percent contract. Me, the people that we've me. hired from like Thrivent, the people that we've hired over from State Farm, they were making less commission there than they are at Primerica. Oh yeah, Primerica is not the only fucked opportunity, but we're talking about Primerica because you're involved with Primerica. But that's but that's the thing. That's the thing I'm talking about is you're talking about people like who want to come in and make money on just selling life insurance. And if when we look, when I get someone across my desk or over Zoom who wants to get hired here and they're like, yeah, I just always wanted to try to make it in the life insurance industry. Most of the time, most of the time, depending on like other things that I follow up with, I'm going to go, dude, you don't want to come here. I'm not looking for people who want to sell life insurance. That's like the secondary thing. It's like, it's like, you're not looking for people who know a lot about books, right? No, you're, you're hiring people who can work harder, can train harder, can go recruit. Okay. And then you're training them. On what are life your, insurance. what are your primary products then? Uh, your financial products? Is it like uh, mutual funds? Mutual funds. That's it. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. Everything, everything that Primerica does is focused on recruiting and investing. Like, to call Primerica a life insurance company is like calling Southwestern uh, a, C, uh, a Princeton Review company. It's like, I mean, yeah, they sell it, but that's not the focus of what they're trying to do. And so if you want to focus on like just one aspect of the industry, yeah, we're not going to, we're not there to be the best life insurance company in the world. I mean, we try to sell good life insurance that works and if it fits and it makes sense for the client for helping them save money. Cool. 
If it doesn't, if like, if I run into a, a customer that has life insurance, that's less, same type of coverage, apples to apples coverage, but less expensive, we leave them alone. And I, first of all, there's 130,000 uh, uh, agents in Primerica. So I'm not going to speak for all of them, but from in our office, the 50 that are in our office, we are trained that if we cannot better the price for them in life insurance, you leave them alone because we're not there to necessarily sell them life insurance. We're there to help them financially. And if it makes sense to give them life insurance policy from us, that's cheaper than what they got. Cool. And if it's not, then no, we just help them then invest. And if the investments that they got, we can't help them, then we leave them alone. Right. But the, but, but what you're trying to get at is you're trying to get at people who, again, let's go back to what you're saying. And then in the, in the contract and the, in the commission rate, we're not here to be claiming to be the best opportunity for a life insurance salespeople at all. I would never go out to, if I was trying to recruit you for Primerica, I would never go, Hey, you want to, you want to make money selling life insurance? Not one time, not once. I would tell you, hey, look, there's two things that you can do. One, you can, it, Primerica structure signed up is kind of like a like real estate where it's like your own brokerage, which is the ownership part of it. So like you work under who? You're asking me? Yeah. I, uh, I work under an organization where, that, that has my contracts. Okay, they have your, con- so who recruited you into what you're doing now? Um, Pedro Vega. Oh, well, what I'm, I mean, Pedro okay. Vega and Nick Dale got me started selling life insurance. Okay. I, I'm they, no longer with them. Did, okay. So does somebody override you as, as, as I guess what I'm asking? Yeah. Okay. So they make an override off of your commission. You're doing this. Do you recruit? No, not currently. No. Okay. So see your entire income is just based on your personal production and that's fine. Right. That, that's what, so that what you're doing for what you want to do is just sell life insurance. I would say, fuck yeah, go do that. Right. But if your goal is to like own a life insurance or not even life insurance, own like an investment firm that is, has your name on it and you own it, then that's where you're, where you're at. does not make sense to do that. At, right. Because, well, I guess I don't know, but Nick, get back in here. Cause you're, you're, you, God damn it. see, this is why I didn't want to talk about life insurance. Cause Nick, can't contribute. I want Nick to contribute. Oh, okay. Whatever. So let me finish. So, so for me, my incentive in Primerica is to recruit, not to sell life insurance. The reason for that is because when you own an investment service, an investment chain, like a, like a Primerica chain as an investment, that's where the real money is at. Right. So if you're talking about how to make money in Primerica, it's not life insurance. It's never going to be life insurance. It's going to be the recruiting aspect of it. So when you, when you, who, who recruited the company that you're in right now, you got recruited by Pedro Vega. He, does he override you? Not anymore. I, I, I'm not, I'm no longer with Pedro and Nick. Okay. So the person that got you into whoever, let's just call him Matt. Okay. Does Matt own the office that you work at? Uh, more or less. Yeah. I think we're getting a little off, off topic though. I'm getting into the ownership side of things. This is the point I'm trying to make. When you ask me, why would someone go into Primerica? This is why. Regardless of where, how you spin it, whatever products you're pushing or selling, I mean, push whatever, whatever products you're selling, there is much better opportunities for that agent as an independently licensed agent to sell those same products. Yeah, but that's not what you... You're able to do a better service for people you recruit 
and for customers that you have because you've got more competitively priced products and you've got a higher commission to offer them. How so? Like there, that's just, that's just a, there's no way that you can just, that's not a matter of fact statement because it's not going to be, that's not going to be the answer for every person. Like the, if you go to like primary life insurance, primary investments will not be the right answer for everybody. Right. So you can't just definitively be like, Every time that you sell a Primerica product to anybody, that's the worst thing that you could have sold them. That's not necessarily I true. I never said it's the worst thing you can sell them. I agree with you that there's other products that are probably priced worse than a Primerica term life policy. Right. But when you're saying that like there, there's for as far as being like for the commission that the, the agent makes and for the customer that there's better options like definitively, it's not always going to be the case. Right. The, there are times where it doesn't make sense to sell someone a Primerica life insurance policy or, or whatever insurance that. Um, you want to talk about any other other companies? It's like a it's a it's a case by case scenario. And when it doesn't fit, that's when we then we just tell the client, hey, it doesn't fit, and then that's it. It's, you're acting like, or I guess it, it makes it sound like what you're saying is, for an opportunity for a person, you, it's the worst opportunity they can have from a, an investment standpoint or a financial industry standpoint. That's not necessarily true either. Right. If you're trying to be, I, a- I don't know a whole lot about the the mutual funds and the other investment products, but what I do know about, I do know about term life, and I can talk to you about ter- term life till I'm blue in the face. And so, if we just focus sure. on term life products, which is a huge product of Primericas, I mean, I would say it's their flagship product because I've been in this industry for th- three years and I've never heard of a Primerica mutual fund. I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but the the Primerica term life product is is the product. Primerica is a life insurance company. You ask anybody on the street, it's a life insurance company. Mm. I'm not saying that there's not other stuff like you're talking about. I'm just saying in general, that's what it's branded as. And that's what it's known as, is a life insurance company that sells term life. And from that standpoint, from focusing on this, because again, I, I'm not educated enough to have a, an opinion on, on the other stuff that you're talking about. So I'm not going to get that's, into it. I don't know. Enough. That's a large but, part of it. It's, it's doing, you cannot hire an agent at a reasonable contract because you don't have a reasonable contract, Andres. You can, you, that's, you can get 120% contract out the gate, never having sold a life insurance policy as a newly licensed agent. If you know the right person to talk to, you can get 120% contract. Sure. And then where do you go from there? How high does it go? Um, the, the piece, the, the, the piece of the pie that generally speaking about 150 to 165% is the piece of the pie. Okay. Beautiful. From a, from a commission standpoint, and I get, I, this should be, I gotta be careful with this cause I'm a captivated agent. So I don't know how much of this I can put into public, although it's publicly traded company, so I should be okay. The, I think the, you're fine. There are agents, there are several agents in Primerica that make well above 200, 300% commission based on override bonuses paid. Does that make sense? So like the opportunity goes up higher from there once you calculate how to, you know, the, the way the math ends up working out, but it's only based on recruiting. That's why I'm telling you when you're asking me and when you say, if you're hiring someone at a, at a, uh, to just sell life insurance, 100%, I agree with you. We agree on that. Primerica is not the place someone should go to go sell life insurance. If you can go find someone who's going to help you out the gate, get 120% commission, by God, go there. In fact, 
I just had this conversation with my brother the other day. He goes, well, why don't you just go sell life insurance where you can make more money selling life insurance? I'm like, well, because the thing is, I just don't want to just sell life insurance. There's something wrong with that. It's just not my interest because because you're right. There are uh, other companies that if I just solely wanted to sell life insurance, that's where I would go. Does that make sense? 100%. But you're focused on recruiting, right? Yes. Recruiting and investments. And it, and it, that's, that's, that's the, that's the qualm that I, one of the qualms that I have is that you guys are so focused on recruiting. So let's say, yeah, you recruit five people and, mm-hmm. and now what there has to be a product. I mean, otherwise it's a pyramid scheme. There has to be a product. And sure, so you sure. got to sell something, sure. right? You got to sell, sell some life insurance, insurance policies, but mutual, you tell those five funds. people, just those five people that just got licensed. will just, you know, focus on recruiting. Focus on recruiting, sell a few mutual funds, focus on, but focus on recruiting. It's like this focus on recruiting. There's, you got to have that, that product in there. Like it, otherwise it's just this churn and sure. burn. I mean, the, the, the turnover ratio, I don't even want to ask you if you know what the turnover ratio in Primerica is. It's, it's terrible and it's terrible in most direct sales companies. Yeah, I was going to say like, it's pretty, it's pretty bad in most life insurance companies too. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It's sales. It's a high turnover, but, yeah. but especially in companies like Primerica where the commission is shit and you're focused on, t- on bugging your friends and family to, to come work with you. It's if not you, a career. If you want to go that route, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. But again, it goes back to, it goes back to the idea of like, Hey man, or if you want to recruit and if you want to build big teams, that's how, that's, that's what you do. That's, that's, it's the same thing as Edward Jones. It's the same thing as Northwestern Mutual. All these companies are focused on recruiting. We, we've all gotten a call from an alumni that is now at Northwestern Mutual to recruit, to sell Northwestern Mutual life insurance, right there. And that is totally okay. I mean, if, if, if recruiting is not your cup of tea and your side is just, you want to sell life insurance, Again, I, I'll say this again. I would never hire someone like that at Primerica. Never again. Why? Because again, A, you're right. Dude, if that's your sole purpose, get your ass to a different company, right? The commission rate at Primerica is, could it, is it the worst that it, it is in the industry? No. Could, is there better on life insurance? Are there companies that pay more on life insurance? Yes, absolutely. But that's because again, the focus, if what you, what you reward or what you incentivize grows, right? In any company. And so like the incentive, the, the commission skills for, and by the way, it's not primary mutual funds. We sell mutual funds for like, like Mason, MetLife, other brokers for them, right? It's kind of like uh, Southwestern Investments. Is, there's no Southwestern Investments in mutual funds. They have, they're Raymond James. You know what I mean? Oh, so yeah. you're saying the other products are outside of Primerica, but Correct. we can't call Primerica a life insurance company, even though the only product that has their name on it is a life insurance product. Is that what you're saying? Well, no, we have other products as well. There's like health insurance and all the, a bunch of different stuff. But like, you're right. The Primerica Life Insurance Company, the, the a life insurance product that Primerica sells is called Primer- Primerica Life Insurance. Yeah, absolutely. Right. But then our division, our second, our other division is Primerica Investments, which is a broker, broker dealer for different mutual fund companies that whose products we market, but it's through Primerica. So like the statement you get, will and be how many the, of these like people that get, rec- how many of these people that get recruited to Primerica are going to be financial advisors or could eat, like call themselves financial advisors? Um, so, I mean, the licenses is paid by just like anybody else. So we license them all. I would say um, we have 13,000 uh, fully licensed reps uh, that do um, investments fully licensed. Yeah. Out of how many agents? Um, there's 130,000, uh, that are life insurance licensed. 
Okay. So there's 130,000 licensed life insurance agents. And there's mm-hmm. how many yeah. agents that are licensed to sell these other products? Uh, no, just kidding. There was 20, 26,000. So it was 13,000 second place is Edward Jones. So it's like a fifth of them, only like 20% of them. Yeah. Okay. So there's 130,000 life mm-hmm. agents and there's 26,000 yeah, of these agents that, that are qualified to, uh, to talk about these other products. Correct. And, mm-hmm. and you, you tell me that the life insurance product is not the flagship is not the sole focus. Well, the, the thing is like out of those 130,000, there's only like, I think there's only like 30,000 that are active actually like trying to sell life insurance. Does that make sense? So the majority of the people that are actually involved, like people, what, what ends up happening is people will get licensed and then they uh, just cruise because there's no like quotas or anything. So like there's, there's people in our office, like in my office, there's like probably like 25 licensed reps, but there's only like, seven of us that are actually like doing stuff does that make sense because most people are just part-time they don't even do anything let let, let me let me circle back because we we can we can we can talk in, uh, about this till we're blue in the face let me circle back yeah. <laughs> these two things are these these two things are true number one is that the the life insurance product that 80 percent or of the people are, are able to sell in your company Mm-hmm. is very overpriced when compared to all of the other life insurance term life insurance products in the with industry. the same riders in the same value standpoint we haven't talked about that when yet. compared with yeah you can throw in living benefits and all that jazz when compared it is it's very expensive and number two this thing is true as well the commission percentage for an agent to sell a term life product is staggeringly low compared to what they could get. Okay. And again, you've just shared with me that 80% of the people that work for your company can only sell life insurance. They don't have these fancy uh, uh, qualifications to be able to sell mutual funds. So 80, 80% of the company has to sell this product because that's, that's all that they can sell. And their commission schedule when compared to what they could get is so bad comparatively speaking. And so my question to you is, are you willing? Are you willing to make, to make that sacrifice? Are you willing to conscionably be able to tell an agent, you know, eight times out of ten they're going to be selling life insurance according to the statistics you shared with me. Eight 100%. times out of ten, the, mm-hmm. the the product that they're going to be selling, they'll make twenty five percent. But what what I'm not going to tell you is that if you did this as an independent agent, you wrote that same product, you could get at least minimum hundred percent commission. Well, hang on. Are you hang willing? On. Are you willing to do that? First of all, first of all, yes, that's something that we disclose right up front. But when you asked me what the starting commission was, was 25%. That's not what the average licensed rep makes in Primerica. It's 60 to 70%. Now that's still low compared to the hundred percent that you're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. But again, there's like, there's like a lot of context that you have to add to that. If you want to call it spinning it, that's, that's fine. When someone comes in, I go, look, you're not going to come in here to sell life insurance, like right away like upfront, it's like, Hey, this is not a place you want to come to just only sell life insurance. Again, if you, or this is not a place you want to come to just only do investments. You need to do both. The only way that it makes sense to help a client is if we're saving them life insurance on life insurance, and then we're helping them invest. But 80% of them can only sell life insurance. Well, then that way, if a client wants to talk to someone who is completely licensed, fully licensed, they can. What ends up happening is this, let's say I'm only life insurance licensed and you're a, a rep that's fully licensed, right? So I go, Hey, here's what we're going to do. Um, I have a client that got referred to me. We're going to sit down with them and talk to them about life insurance. Um, and then usually 
you go, there's like uh, steps. You don't do it all in one sitting because it's like an hour of just doing life insurance and it's like another hour of doing investment. So the way it happens is the agent that just wants to just do this life insurance sale that got referred. And again, you're, it's not like there's 130,000 people working 40 hours a week at Primerica selling life insurance. That's not what it is. That's you ask me numbers, I'm giving you numbers, but to add context to that, again, the ones that are actively fully like trying to do and make money from that. Um, and by the way, there's a lot of people that just sold life insurance at Primerica that are making 120% commission on selling life insurance. It's there's plenty of them selling an overpriced product to people where they, again, they that, could be selling again, a cheaper again, product. Again, the overpriced product, we can get into that in a little bit, but that's that, that seems like a different kind of thing. But we can talk about that at, at, at a different I, time if you want. But we'll 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 end this on on this i would andres i would encourage you to so back to what i was saying like an hour ago is that we've been going what hurts us good (laughs) what hurts us as humans is the because we don't want we don't want to reevaluate where we're at it it, with we don't want to accept the possibility that maybe what we're doing is not the best thing that we could be doing or maybe what we've done is Mm -hmm. not the best way to go moving forward to do things. I would encourage you to, to really look at, at all of the options, everything that I've shared with you and in, in really reevaluate like where you're at and what you're doing. I would, I would encourage you to do that and like come at from from a a, very open mind. From a, from the bottom of my heart, I promise you, I will do that. I promise you I will do that. I want I want the absolute best for you, my friend. I care about you as a human I and I love you. The only and, and I I know you have so much talent because you came from books, obviously, but because I, I've interacted with you, I know you as a person. You're great at talking with people. You host a goddamn podcast for for Pete. Nick like, and I host you, a goddamn podcast. Like there, if you want to be involved in the financial industry. I would encourage you to look around and see if you can help better, number one, yourself, put yourself in a better position, but also be have the ability to put other people in a better position that you would hire and bring on. I would encourage you to look at your options. So that, that's, 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 all, that's as much as I'm going to say about insurance. That's fair. The only thing I will ask is that then we talk over a beer uh, when I'm in Denver next uh, about with actual like numbers and shit that i can that we can like pull up and talk about from like the other standpoint because there's more to it than just like the life insurance standpoint and i'm i'm open to looking at avenues of primerica that maybe i haven't considered or been presented with i think i think there's a little bit to that as well to this as well um and so that but i will to by then when we have this and nick knows this i'm um, a person of my word when i go to denver i am going to call your ass and we're going to sit down and I will show up with things that I've learned from things that I evaluated that you asked me to from this conversation, because I believe in open-mindedness. And I believe if I, if I didn't, I would have never sold books. I was also the kid that got recruited the Wednesday before we went to the book field, because I was always open-minded for an opportunity. In fact, the reason I ended up at America, because I'm always open-minded to an opportunity. Right. And so because of that, I will honor you with that and go, all right, I'm going to go and really evaluate the options just because you asked remember how I said, I don't remember how I got on that tangent. I do remember now is because I was talking about with, with, with buying books and with insurance, there are two industries that are heavily uh, surrounded by withholding information. And that's how we got on this topic. And in Primerica and in insurance in general, 
People at the top want to withhold information from people at the bottom because the more information that somebody knows, the the, the more success they're going to be able to have. In my my dream, my desire, my hope is whenever I do start building, because uh, I, I would like to have a telesales call center. That's a goal of mine. Is that oh. I can build it from the ground up with full transparency so that people understand mm-hmm. how everything works and, and there's not this withholding of information. It's so, yeah, it's just, it's bad energy. I understand. It's, it's bad energy. Yeah. And you're going to find that all over insurance and all over Primerica is that people don't want you to know how, how everything works because they just want you to be a, a good little agent. And, and, and I'm sure it's the same in solar too. Um, it's just people, it's, and it boils down to greed. It boils down to greed. People want to store their wealth. They want to lock their doors. They, 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 they want to get theirs and they want to make sure that people that are along the ride with them, that they're making their cut off them and that they stay in their place and that they are always on top of those people that are working with them. And it sucks. And it, it makes me feel all kinds of bad feelings inside when I, when I talk Good. about this stuff. Great closing arguments. Here's how I will close based on my experience the thing I like about Primerica has been the transparency. So I don't know, like the, the, the situation in general. So the experience that you're describing may probably be true in a lot of aspects, but in my experience being in the company, I have not felt that there has been things that are withheld ever since from day one. So maybe it's just the style of the guy that recruited me in the office that we run here. I don't know, but that's just been my, I can't speak for the experience of the other several souls that have got recruited by Primerica and then ended up not working out. But from my experience, it's just all I can, you know, speak to, which is where I'm coming from. Does that make sense? And so that's a fair, that's what you're saying. I, I, what you're saying is 100% fair. And there's no way that like, that's coming from a place of in sincerity or of lack of sincerity, because the experiences that you've had based on even not, not just Primerica, but just in general, the industry itself, you're right, is, it's toxic that way. It's very, um, there's a lot of, uh, I know something you don't, so pay me. And so then like withholding information becomes valuable that way. Um, and yeah. that's, that's a sad thing across the industry as a whole. Um, that's something that we find that's common. Like when we, when we were talking about the original start of this conversation was whole life insurance was this term. Like one of the biggest things that we see when we're talking to someone who sells whole life is that most people don't know what they have. And it's just, it's just they're just being like taken advantage of from the lack of knowledge of what shit that they just bought um and that's mm-hmm. fair so uh, now yep. i want to include nick in this fucking conversation because he's just been quiet down there and i like it when nick has things to say and so are you are you calling this the episode or or or, or what what are we feeling here because we can here for two hours um i've got things i'd like to say on top of but that's just my situation <laughs> um i All all I will say about life insurance in general, because I'm wearing a hat about that, (laughs) and that's that's where I spend my time with Miles, is it's just another goddamn industry. It's just another thing that people do to make money, and it's it's the reason why certain metro areas have office buildings is because of the industry of insurance. It's, it drives a lot of things. It's a shit show. And it is what it is. Um, <clears throat> there's a, a tendency for people to gravitate towards the shittiness of all of the humanness involved. And I, um, again, am arriving at this 
part of my life where I invite, well, there's good and there's bad. It's the dialectic nature of anything and everything. And Taoism kind of speaks about that. And um, it's what the yin and the yang is, right? Is a balance in most things and how they play out. And so, I don't know. Um, it'd be nice to, uh, to really invite, as you were talking about Miles earlier, is just like people being stars yes. in general, you know, and like thinking with their brains. Um, when I actually made the um, training for life insurance for this telesales agency, I put in how to take notes and retain information from my freaking thermodynamics textbook, just how to think. And I don't know, I feel like people like to become victims because they aren't aware of how to think through things. And, you know, we get into trouble in general when we don't think through things. And it's important to take your time with things. And um, there's, there's reminders left and right in society and my own life. And so I don't know, we're all, bunch of uh meat sack meat sacks on a wet rock flying through space at thousands of miles an hour and we're all doing our best and it turns into the worst unintentional unintended circumstances in a lot of ways so i don't know i try to have grace with myself um while also striving to be better inviting some sense of humility um which even talking about it is like are you really humble then if you got to talk about how you're humble uh, i don't know so I don't know. It's, it's a lot. Life. Dude. Parents. This episode lived up to what I wanted to. This was great. <laughs> I'm so happy, dude. Dude, Miles, we got to have you back on. I'd love to come back on, guys. I appreciate y'all having me. Um, yeah, if, if you want to do like a, another solo dolo episode or if you want to bring bring in somebody else and uh, we can chat. I feel like we should bring in we should bring in someone that we can like have like disagree with on other things or like some maybe like getting to some of those other topics that we can explore and just and, and again not to argue it's not to argue it's just to just have this it's just like hey this is some discourse this is an opinion this is my thoughts these are my things this is what i believe in and i mean there's nothing wrong with that you know what i'm saying so um i was just having a conversation yesterday that i feel like today social media however you want to spin it like people people are polarized, man. People are getting pulled across, not just politically. I mean, I'm talking about across the board and nobody's going, have you seen Ted Lasso? Oh my God. Okay. Go watch Ted Lasso and in, in Ted Lasso. I can't even explain how this is a movie. It's a show. It's a show. It just won like uh, some, uh, uh, was it primetime Emmy award? No, it wasn't an Emmy. It won something. Um, it's uh, Jason Sudeikis. It's a guy. It's a soccer. Co- it's a football coach that ends up getting hired to go do like coach a Premier League team in England. Mm-hmm. And it's about like how to overcome things with kindness is the whole message of of the of the show. It's really wholesome. A lot of what you need right now, and some some of the climates that we find ourselves in. But um, in the show, he talks about how in his life people always underestimated him because nobody because everybody was judgmental and nobody was curious. And so. Mm-hmm that lesson really stuck with me and I try to apply it with like, with even this conversation miles or, or just in, I, I, I'm, I try to be more conscious about it now with like, when I'm talking to someone that I don't agree with, not coming from a standpoint, and you kind of mentioned, this is like, I want to be right. It's like, I, maybe I am wrong. And maybe this conversation is what I needed to discover from you that I'm wrong. 
you know, but I would never know that until I have that conversation and going into it with what can I learn from this person and what curiosity can I pull, like, can I pull from inside of me to be able to see what I'm supposed to see here? Because on the other hand, maybe you give me more conviction, right? And it's what I needed to like really believe my, in myself more to go do better in Primerica, or maybe not, maybe this is it for me in Primerica, you know? And the, the importance is not if, is, if Primerica is good or bad, or if Life Insurance is good or bad, if there's aliens, if there's no aliens, if, if Southwestern is a cult or if it's not like, or whatever, the, the importance is more like, what, what, what do I have to learn from you? Cause obviously you're coming from a place where you think you're right. And I think I'm right. Right. So maybe it's not about, are you right? Am I right or wrong? It's what happened with you? Where did you come from to arrive here and reading your book? You know what I mean? And from there, choosing what you think, not before, you know what I mean? So I appreciate that the, the way that you talked about this. And I think that we need to have more of these conversations on this podcast, because I think it'd be good to have those. So we want to put people in the best scenario possible, or, well, I say we, I believe that me and you and Nick would like, like if we hired somebody, we would want to put them in the best scenario possible. And so when you do look at some other stuff and like evaluate, you know, where you're at and then take a peek at what might, what else might be out there, I would encourage you to like have the mindset of like more so than yourself. But like, if I'm bringing somebody into this opportunity, like, is this, is this the best, is this the best yeah. thing that I can do for them? Mm-hmm. Uh, because again, it, it boils down to greed. There's people in Primerica that are making a lot of money. They're making mm-hmm. a lot more money than I do. And, 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 and it's just how you slice that pie. People should be compensated accordingly. People should have their size of the pie a- accordingly. Like it should, it should be right. And when you look at the other options outside of Primerica, I believe that the pie is more accurately allocated in other opportunities than it is in Primerica. Therefore, I, 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 I choose the path that I'm on now. Um, so, yep. Fair enough. Yep. Fair enough. <laughs> I would encourage you guys and anybody else that's watching this, if you have not, and this is just off topic random, but closing, I would encourage you guys to read the short story called The Egg. Yes, I've read that story. shared that with me. Fantastic story, yeah. That should be a link in this description because okay. I feel like anybody that's read that story, it really opens up the realm of possibilities yeah. of like exploring life. What and, life is. Everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really good. <laughs> definitely recommend yeah. it oh it's beautiful Absolutely. that's a beautiful way to end this and go read the monkey story again <laughs> dude that's a great story man i appreciate you sharing that with us yeah bro i'm glad i gotta give a shout yeah. out to taylor jones my mentor in high school who shared a book with me of all these like cool metaphors like that that i have and um that was just one of them that i that just, i mean a lot of them stuck with me but when things in life happen i'm like oh that reminds me of that story and it's beautiful to see like the influence that he had on me to be able to give me that early on in my life. So for sure. Shout out to Taylor, Taylor Jones. Jones. You're the man. Yeah. For sure. the- and I, I'm glad I shared it with you. That's so fun. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah man. Cool. Uh, Nick, do we have any announcements as far as who's up next and what's coming up? 
So, yes, we've got an incredible episode this Thursday with the one and only Omar Ribe. Very excited. Um, so that'll be Thursday the 25th at 7.30 Central, um, so 5.30 Pacific or Arizona time. Um, <laughs> there's, after Omar, going to be um, Andy Laws and Will Metcher on Sunday of next week, I think uh, 5 o'clock Pacific time, so all the, um, all the, in the evening. Um, and then after that, we've got Colin Appel, on April Fool's Day, Andre's current roommate, my old roommate, and then um, after Easter, which we're taking off, the Thursday of the 8th, we will be having Jordan Ortmeyer, Amanda uh, Q, previously Peterson, and Elena Arndt. So, All our episode. Oh, yeah. We got to kid up on our guided girl ratio. So um, more book ladies, please. <laughs> We'd like to have you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's get a... Let's yeah. get a book girl on this. On yeah. This is show. there, Miles, is there a girl, like a book chick that you're like, you have to have this chick on here? We want book girls because it's been a slew of dudes. We need to mix it up. A slew of dudes. Yeah. If we're going to have a podcast guest sizzler, we got to. No, no, that's not why. We just get it. Just, um, I'm going to switch it up. Some of our cooler episodes have been pretty awesome book chicks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You know who's a really, really interesting book girl? And we don't even know each other, but I've heard her speak. Um, God, what's her name? Emily Woods, that's her name. Okay. okay. Emily, if you're listening. Uh, she's, a dy- she's a dynasty girl. Um, she was a few years before my time, um, but I've heard her speak at a couple Sunday meetings or maybe like a GRS or something. She's got an incredible story. She lives, yes. I don't know if she's still, and I'm probably butchering all this, but I know she's lived in Africa before. And like, she does stuff with like I think clean water maybe. And um, I don't know, like she's just incredible speaker and you can like hear her passion in, in, through what she does. Um, very, very, very interesting human oh, yeah. being. Um, as far as people that I know, I, uh, gosh, I mean, the, the, the first person that comes to my mind is Anna Dunn. Um, Anna Dunn's an incredible book lady. Uh, Absolutely. God, I haven't talked with her in years. Um, yeah, she's an incredible human being. Um, got leads. a lot of great stories. Good leads. Yeah. Well, that's I could probably awesome. think of some more. Yeah, yeah, send them to us. I'll, and if, I'll if, fill out a little uh, info sheet for you guys. Yeah, I fill out one of those little questionnaires. Um, if anybody, anybody listening to this has a good suggestion, also feel free to DM us about that. Um, and then as far as this goes, we'll just, we'll just chop it off here. Thank you so much for being on here, Miles. Nick, thank you for, uh, joining us as well. Uh, you are a great co-host and I'm glad we're doing this. So, uh, I'm Andre Scamboa, Nick Tiverti is my co-host and Miles Hamels with us today. Thank you guys so much. Catch you next time. Peace out. Thank you guys. Bye. Be well.